Welcome to Rehab Within Reach. We are your hosts, Dr. Chrissy Rankin, physical therapist and CrossFit Level 1 coach. And I'm Dr. Sarah Nelson, a physical therapist, and I'm board certified in women's health and lymphedema therapy, and I also hold a master's degree in orthopedic manual therapy. And I'm Dr. Shona Craig. I'm also a physical therapist, a board certified women's health clinical specialist, certified lymphedema therapist, and yoga teacher. We are a collective of women from various backgrounds who support each other and the community around us that have one thing in common, therapy solutions. This podcast will be addressing how the body, mind, and spirit work together to create our current state of being while offering a refreshing approach to how to create harmony within each system. Our treatment philosophy is to empower people through education by combating modern evidence-based practice with our innate primal wisdom in order to promote body literacy and compassion in your personal healing journey. Even though our professional background started in physical therapy, we take an integrative and holistic approach by addressing all systems of the body in order to bridge the gap between the current medical model in the United States and your ability to make autonomous decisions to achieve independence and wellness. This podcast is meant to challenge you to think in ways that may feel uncomfortable at first, but don't worry. Remember, our goal is to provide resources in order for you to make the best decisions for your well-being, which may go against what most of our society suggests is quote-unquote healthy or correct. As a reminder, this podcast does not replace the medical examination, assessment, and plan of care from a licensed medical provider who has seen you personally. Let's get started. Hey, Shona. Hey, Sarah. So we were going to continue our discussion of the core today, but we were going to focus on the energetic core. Right. Last time we talked more about the physical core. Um, the muscles and the structure there, but there's, there's so much to the energetic core. We felt it could be a topic in itself. Yeah. And so what are, what are we meaning when we say the energetic core? And so it seems like, um, we're talking about the other layers of being that are part of the core besides just the physical, like our emotions that we hold there, um, the emotional level, the thought level, um, the spiritual energy. Um, and yeah, what do we hold there that ends up affecting the physical body ultimately? I really, I like that. I think if, if I were to classify here, what I think the energetic core is, what models are out there to describe this i would um talk about the chakras the chakras the the doshas and and then also what you just said the um emotion and thought patterns that take on um there's a physicality to emotion mm-hmm. and i wanted to refer to this great article I found online. It's um, by Jane Wiesner or Wiesner, W-I-E-S-N-E-R. She's from Australia 
and it's her dissertation for an advanced diploma of yoga teaching. And her topic is emotional genetics, habitual mm -hmm. emotional tendency, well-being in yoga therapy, the study of learned emotional responses and their effect on the autonomic nervous system and subtle body. Love that. And she taught, of course, the autonomic nervous system is running the digestive system, which is right there on the belly, right, you know, where we're going to call your core. She calls emotional genetics our adopted emotional responses that influence our energetic system, the body mind, and the intergenerational habits of thinking that result in the domination of particular emotions and as a result, particular physiologic responses. So Ooh. I know that's really a big There's a lot there. There yeah. is. I really, this lady did some great writing and cool. thinking. Um, so uh, one of our teachers, Jean-Pierre uh, Jean Burrell, who does visceral manipulation, he made the comment once, all of our history is stored in the gut. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I think when we start accessing through exercise, our, our center, our core, we're activating these patterns that, you know, may be our own patterns from this life, or maybe they come through the family line and they're yeah. part of this DNA stuff we grew up with watching our, our parents. Um, yeah. That makes sense. It, it makes me think of um, when we, when we treat people, I mean, since we're pelvic therapists, so we, and lymph therapists, we do work with this area of the body a lot. And I almost feel like it's one of the major areas where that we work on where emotions really do come up. I mean, they can come up in any place that we treat the body, but especially the belly. And some people don't even like having their belly touched. Right. I'm always like conscious about asking uh, or sensing the... Um, if anyone is sort of pushing me away from that area. Um, so we know it's a sensitive area, just being therapists. And it's like, well, why is that? What, what are we holding there? And what are the common like themes um, and things that people hold there? Yes. And I think those things can interfere with the ability to structurally hold a center. Right. So, yeah. Uh, if we think about what that might be, I mean, just from our, our um, personal experience, um, you know, working on people's abdomens, whether it's to move lymphatic fluid or release fascial restrictions, um, mm -hmm. like there's, I know that you probably have some interesting stories. I, I do, I, I can think of one woman just, um, holding a, a line of tension in the abdomen and tears just rolling down her face. And she could not tell me why yeah. she, she didn't know why, but there was this emotional reaction, um, just from the stretch of the tissue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm, I know from my own ex personal experience of being treated there with myofascial release and, um, realize through the treatment that I held anger in my belly, tight anger, 
and feeling this rage come up. And I didn't, I had no idea that it was there until that point of treatment. And um, at that time, I couldn't let sound out. But ever since then, I'm like, oh, wow, like just even letting sound or letting anger or tears come out. Um, that for me, that was what I was holding in the belly. And maybe for other people too. Um, and it had a physiologic effect on you when you had that holding pattern. Right. For me, I think it's linked to um, constipation um, and literally like holding because I'm holding emotions in there. It, it holds in um, my digestion. And I bet a lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And some people will, will find this to be a crazy idea, but it doesn't make it less mm-hmm. real. I think after decades of treating people and seeing it over and over again, I'm like, it, it's a real thing. How we measure it is difficult yeah. to and It seems do. like more and more people are having gut issues these days. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe people had them all along. Maybe the conversation is just more open about it these days with IBS um and SIBO and Crohn's and it's like uh, it's kind of a mystery dis-ease in the body and it it seems like we can't we can't fix it by just addressing it physically there's so much more to it um, based in the nervous system yeah Um, um It's like, I think science is starting to uh, be able to connect some dots with now with studying the microbiome and the gut brain connection um, and how our nervous systems really do affect the functioning of the gut. Yeah. And that nervous system is, you know, part of fight or flight response. So that anything that we is creating change in our environment, our body is going to react to. Um, Mm -hmm. And just that little tidbit about IBS and gut-brain connection illustrates that this is a very complex connection, that Mm -hmm. you can't say something is all about the emotions. It can also be about uh, the effect of climate change and what foods we're eating and True. <laughs> uh, the, you know, how we work. Um, <clears throat> so what we're if, eating the chemicals mm-hmm. in our environment. Yeah. All yeah. They're all affecting our body. Um, Antibiotics. Sorry, I could go on. <laughs> right. And so if we focus in on emotions and how they affect our center, um, it's, like culturally what we're allowed to do with our emotions. And I remember, I don't know, it's got, I don't know, maybe 20 years now, they came out with a medication for, um, it was particularly for women's um, guts. (laughs) And I think at the time I was like, where's our intuition, right? Um, What's your gut reaction, right? That's intuition. And, So women tending towards more of an emotional expression than men, Um, not that they have more emotions than men, they're just allowed to express them more, Um, (laughs) that they 
uh, here they were going to make a medication to teach a woman to further not listen to her gut. <laughs> Whoa. How did, I don't understand. It, I think I cannot remember the name of the medication, but it's still out there today, but. Uh, That's so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't, we're, we're trained to not pay attention to intuition, to make fun of people who do their woo woo or stuff like that. <laughs> And right, not trust it, it over the mind. <laughs> yeah. And it, uh, what it has is, you know, the, the, it's rich with nerves. There so many that you could, that guy wrote the book on the second brain, calling the gut, the second brain. It is our, yeah. intu our intuitive center, our, um, and it's an, it perceives emotion, right? We, yeah. So we could, we can stop up emotion in the belly or we can allow it to flow. And I, re, so if I, if we want to give people tools, what to do, I think of this book I read, um, co-authored by the Dalai Lama. It was on mm -hmm. forgiveness, I think. And so uh, a facial expression expert was asked about the Dalai Lama. He watched him give a speech and he's, he was not void of emotion. He wasn't like Mr. Peaceful all the time. He, sh he, the guy said he showed every emotion, but he never held any of it. And to mm -hmm. me, that is right use of emotion. We don't stuff it. We don't spew. We let it flow over us. And when I even think of that, I can feel my belly relax. Mm -hmm. we, we let that emotion flow downward. And that brings in the wisdom of, of yoga, of Ayurveda, of something called Apanavayu, one of the functions of, of Vata Dosha, which so the doshas are a concept important to what we're discussing here. It's a, allowing a normal downward flow of, mm -hmm. of emotion. They just drop in the ground and, and let them go. They give us information and we don't have to hold them. We also yeah. don't have to react to them. Right. Yeah. And you can feel that it, when, when you, you do feel an emotion coming on or you want to cry and then you stop it. It's like, where do you, oh, my gut kind of pulls in and like tries to hold it. And then, so it obviously does end up turning physical. Yeah. Doing that constantly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you are an emotional, you, you do have a strong sense of emotion. It can be a hard world to live in, you know, because we see people as weak for expressing emotion. Um, yeah. I know for myself, if I can make some loud boohoos, I'm over it really fast. But if I'm trying to hold it in, it's like can go on all day. <laughs> right. And then and hold it in for a day or two or three. And then it's just an explosion. Yeah. <laughs> it's and dramatic. I'll get gut yeah. upset. Right. I'll, I will yeah. bloat and hurt. Yeah. And yeah. when there's bloating, it is, it's hard to contract the abdominal wall. And now you have an unstable yeah. core. <laughs> Your body's fighting back. It's saying, no, let me <laughs> release. But it's so true. It's like in our culture, it's, it is really it, it's easier said than done because yeah. uh, I don't know there is judgment about letting, letting your emotions go. Um, yeah. And because I'm in this work, I really admire, I really admire people who can do that so easily and mm -hmm. just cry and like, let it go and let it out. And I feel like I, um, 
we create that environment for our patients to just uh, feel their emotions mm-hmm. and feel listened to and encourage it. Um, and I think we just, it'd be great to continue to put that message out there that it, that it, it's okay to feel. And it's actually like more, um, it's just better to feel. And it takes, I think, even more strength um, and consciousness to allow yourself to feel and let it go. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. feel and let it go. We don't have to hold on to it. It's not the only thing. It's, right. It's some of the information <clears throat> about like energy passing through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And allowing yeah. that to move you in whatever way it needs to. So I mentioned the doshas, the, just for mm-hmm. those who don't know about um, our Ayurveda, that Ayurveda is the science of longevity of, and, and quality of life. Um, I'm in a program right now, I should say, that's um, taught by Dr. Jessica Valella, IU Academy. I highly recommend this program for accurate instruction on the the nature of Ayurveda um, <clears throat> that um, I'll probably say more in in a future podcast, but uh, she is doing her best to hold a high standard in the United States for, to teach a system that is a five and a half year education program in India. Um, so as I, I'm far enough into the program to realize how little I know about it. <laughs> um, you can even put her information in the description to the podcast too. Yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. Uh, it's, right. it's a very useful system for, um, for health, to preserve health and to also treat um, some, to treat disease. I think in our country, um, we, well, I have to be careful to say that, but for chronic illness, um, it definitely is a system that will work alongside medicine, the medical system um, in harmo- harmony um, to help people be healthier. And the, uh, one of the ideas, one of the principles is balancing out these doshas. Doshas are, uh, they use the word vitiator. It's a very old fashioned word that just means that it spoils. And these, these three doshas, when they're not in balance, will be creating um, spoiling in the body. And so we, we seek to find balance in those three doshas. So <clears throat> that's Isn't a- Isn't that true in like Ayurveda? They, they talk about the gut a lot right as as yeah where things start like or where where a lot of illnesses uh begin is that right um well i'm still in the you know know. stages of this (laughs) so we're what we're talking through the principles so definitely it's what starts in the gut is being able to transform what you take in into usable um Mm. elements okay and I so found that, a nice um, description too of what, um, how the doshas 
uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it, this is the saying that the vata, like the space and air responsible for movement mm-hmm. of, of, of things and waste through the gut. And that's located in the colon. And mm-hmm. then pitta is responsible for digestion. It's like fire. So it's like digestion, metabolism, mm-hmm. um, energy. And that's in the mid gut. And then the kapha is the water and earth. And it's like structure, like growth, maintenance of structure. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that's primarily in the chest. It's interesting. Yeah. It's um, a, above. Yeah. That's- okay. So it's a way different way of looking at the body. It's a different model, but that just allows us more tools. And here in this discussion of of core, um, to say that even when these things are out of balance, that can affect our ability to stabilize. So, um, oh, I wanted to make one more point about when our emotions are out of balance. And that's the effect of of trauma and conditioning on our ability to stabilize our core. So uh, like I mentioned with that woman, I'm doing a fascial release on her and she's crying. So she's had some, she had, as we discussed, had some trauma um, in her gut. She lost a baby. She lost a pregnancy far along. And, um, and, so here her body was reacting, but, but mentally she wasn't connecting with it. Um, that mm-hmm. created difficulties for her. Um, I can't say A follows B, but it's, a, it's an observation that she couldn't do self-care very well. When it was time mm-hmm. to exercise, she decided she didn't like it. And how often do we see that in therapy? where we give yeah. people exercise and they don't do it and they say they don't like it. But what I see is it's stirring up sensation that is not pleasant in the form of past memories without, without the memory there, but that's the, the visceral reaction to the memory. Yeah, and, I think our mind is there to protect us. And so it's saying, no, 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 don't go there. Like, don't, <laughs> don't stir things up. It's, it's easier to just uh, not, bring our consciousness there <laughs> yeah 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 and so if that is the case it's good for people i think when they're going through physical therapy to have counseling at the same time for those oh, things yeah. that come up yeah everyone i mean we're all human and we all hold stuff in our body that we might not even know like mm-hmm. you could be there for you know a shoulder injury and you feel something <laughs> come yeah. up for you. And if you don't have a container for that, mm-hmm. you, you might, your opportunity, it just, I think the counseling just creates more opportunity for, for like healing on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and um, let's see what, so I also like to work with people to practice in movement what they want to do in their day. So they, during exercise then, to turn attention towards themselves and what they're feeling instead of pushing it aside and toughing it out um, to actually recognize 
what they're feeling and, yeah. and not abandon themselves, not be overly permissive, but find a way to um, exercise that, that's easy and fulfilling and fun. Mm -hmm. um, so let's see, the conditioning part, what I mean by that is some of us are raised with very strict standards about our pelvis area. And so um, stimulating the core can mean stimulating sexual energy, and that might be forbidden, you know? Right. It's not everybody, but there are going to be people like that and that have, are experiencing that. And so one of the things we may need to rehabilitate is sexual energy. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is in that second chakra, lower core area, pelvic area. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there's a lot of messaging out there about sexuality today, about what's okay. Um, we certainly mm -hmm. we had the pendulum way over, we have a pendulum swing way over the one end that is way over strict and that's been around for centuries. And then there's a pendulum swing way over on the other side too, where anything goes. Um, and, but what's best for the body? Mm -hmm. And um, that's where I turn towards yoga and the principle of brahmacharya, which is translated chastity, but I, also, I especially like the translation, right use of energy. And sexual energy, doesn't always have to be used for sex. It can be allowed to rise up to the heart, to be given out to the community, to rise up, to be creative. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we wanna look at what builds us up, what supports our body to be as healthy as it, as it can be. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I think one of the trickiest. This, we're dealing with like one of the trickiest areas because there, as you're saying, there is a lot of cultural conditioning and messages that we receive, and it's a topic that is hard to even talk about openly. So mm -hmm. I don't know, things can get stuck there pretty easily. And that might be round three on the core is more that, about that yeah mm -hmm. now you even as women too like we're taught to just and you know suck in our bellies and and look good um mm -hmm. at, well men too i'm sure actually <laughs> um i mean that creates chronic tension and holding patterns yeah there and it's like not okay to just relax there and let it go. i do do definitely see it in men too <laughs> yeah um yep the um, you mentioned the chakras, so we should say that's another okay. energy system um, yep. that looks at the, the energy of the body being concentrated in centers through. And there's um, one system, the most common system has seven centers through the center of the body. And so when we're talking core, we're, we're talking um, the solar plexus area and the belly button area. <clears throat> and be that, and like you said, that too. has a lot to do Very with good. sexual energy. 
Yeah, like chakra two is the sexual and creativity. And then three is the personal, your personal power. Um, and it's, and that's also, I've heard a lot that that's, that solar plexus is where we interface with the world. Mm. Um, cool, yeah. So you will see some people develop tightness and tension in that upper solar plexus area. And, you know, we can yeah. hypothesize about why that is structurally, energetically, emotionally, yeah. um, socially. Yeah, these models are cool because they, they're kind of like general, I guess what people have noticed for thousands of years of general uh, uh, patterns that can be seen in the body. And then, and then, you know, we all are different too. So we can just sort of tease out what is true for you individually. Um, and it's cool that different, there's so many different models too, like the Japanese model, I think has three energy centers. I might be mm. wrong about that, but they call the belly, the hara. And mm -hmm. I think it has a similar, similar stories um, attached to that your personal power and creative and center and your, your center of chi or energy um, center. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I only know the basics of each of these, <laughs> but they start to overlap, it seems like, and we start to see truth in them with just working with people. Yeah. Well, and that I makes me think of too, the, um, we were talking about the Buddha belly. Yeah. And that being like, why does Buddha have such a big belly? And it seems to be, it's just a representation of how, because he has so much chi and so much energy there, which um, represents, they say it represents like tolerance, prosperity, wealth, and just an accumulation of um, big, big, open, free, not, not stuck energy in the center of our being. Um, and it's just kind of a nice image uh, to think of energetically. And of course, you know, we don't want people to walk around with beer bellies and swollen livers and inflammation there because that's more actually stuck energy. But just to be able to envision like big energy and big power and freedom there um, is a nice image that I think that Buddha uh, image represents. Yeah, um, it, I'm, I'm just thinking, thinking about that. Because yeah. um, it makes me think oh, of pregnancy too, because I'm pregnant. So <laughs> <laughs> big power, it comes from the belly, big energy is there. It does, can generate a lot of energy. So sometimes it's okay to have the big belly. I think if one looks at your lifestyle and how you're eating and you feel that you're doing everything that you you can for healthy lifestyle and you still have a big belly to be at ease about that yeah to that to know that maybe you are one of those people who has just um there's a akasha mahabhuta which is the uh so having a lot of the the element of space and mm -hmm. and 
you know, it certainly makes sense for Buddha would be somebody who had a lot, like you said, a lot of um, spiritual energy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It makes me think like there's some yogis that have a bigger belly. Yeah. Like, or a softer looking belly. I think a lot of the, some of the Iyengar people mm-hmm. have that. And I think of that as like just so open energetically there. But as I'm learning right now, like we're talking about Prakriti or the one's basic makeup and that we each have a unique one. And so an effort to look the same, some one physical ideal is not at all in the design. And it just sets us up for, um, you know. Yeah, I think in our culture, it's like we value the like Tittavata people, like thin, uh, trim uh, people. And Papa gets kind of left behind in our culture or seen as, as, you know, bigger people. Whereas uh, in Ayurveda, it's like, no, you know, people who have more Kapha, that in itself has beautifulness to it. Like, and it, it's <laughs> actually considered like the better profile to have. Right. Stronger, like, yes, they live longer, they have more energy, they're kind mm-hmm. and compassionate emotionally, and um, a lot of endurance. Yeah, I've even found that like through pregnancy, I've gained more kapha energy just because that's what happens in pregnancy. You get more earth and water and grounding. And I'm like, this is really nice. Like I feel more grounded. I feel more, less anxiety, like mm. more compassion for people. Like, I don't know. I, it's just a random thought, but just, the experience of kapha has been has been nice <laughs> so i don't know why i think we should we should respect it more in our in our culture yeah yeah we, so one of the i think is a really important point talking about that energetic abdomen is to recognize your own makeup and optimize that instead of trying to be somebody else's standard yeah yeah um, yeah getting it's all about getting closer to your your unique makeup of what you were born with yep yeah so i would say if we were what is this how do we apply this in exercise um i think we've touched on several points I would never say it's all about one thing. It's all about the energy. There's, the structural ap- approach is important too, but structure without consideration of the energetic component will be lacking and vice versa. So yeah. uh, recognition of one's own emotional and thought holding patterns uh, will, and and then working with them either through a counselor or simply breathing and acknowledging and uh, that sense of dropping, letting go into the ground and then continuing with an exercise can um, mm-hmm. be all that one needs to have more effective exercise. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's a really good summary of everything. <laughs> of bringing, tying in kind of what we talked about last time with more of the structure and the physical 
in, you know, learning how to engage your core correctly with your pelvic floor and diaphragm and how to let go of the tension physically. And now we're talking about, yeah, tying it into, okay, when we do bring our awareness to our core, paying attention, being conscious of what thoughts and emotions might come up for you um, and being conscious of what energy is there yeah it's all all connected and it's all it's all important to look at together it's all just really interesting (laughs) it can be like a fun journey it can be an emotional journey it can be a fun journey yeah to go down yeah okay well thank you yeah thank you we always have such epic conversations yeah Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our group tends to have these fantastic discussions, and we always ask ourselves why we haven't recorded any of them. And now, here we are. If you are interested in more content, we'll be releasing new episodes every other Monday. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Therapy Solutions PLLC. That PLLC is super important. This is the Rehab Within Reach podcast, where all are encouraged to experience wholeness and independence. See you soon.